Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, and welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney. My name's Siobhan. My co-host name is Levens. Hi. Um, and every week we read an, uh, just an enormous stack of comics. Just um, too goddamn many. It's just too many. It's just too many. Um, and let you know which ones which ones are good and which ones are not so good. Most of them are good this week. That's just yeah. spoiler alert. Um, there's going to be lots of spoilers uh, coming up in this show. Light spoilers. Yeah, we, don't, light spoilers. we don't spoil the hell out of the books, but if, you, if you're precious about them... Probably don't listen. Yeah, make sure you go read your books first. Yeah. Um, you can find all the comics that we talk about in this episode at King's Comics, which is 310 Pitt Street in Sydney, or at kingscomics.com. Uh, this week was pretty much just a just, just big Batman week. We've got yeah. three, three brand new Batman stories. Um, the start of... Uh, DC's brand new Batman Rebirth. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a, a a prequel to The Dark Knight by Frank Miller that Which no, one, no one asked for. Yeah, no one. But but that said, you know, well, you'll find out. Do, do, was it okay? And we also got a um a graphic novel written by Paul Dini called Dark Knight, which is uh his uh like a personal Batman story. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a time to read that last one. We're going to be reviewing that next week in our, next week's episode. But we did. Uh, we're going to st- start this episode off with these two brand new Batman stories. Then we're going to go through all of the first issues in our segment. First things first, we review mm-hmm. all of the first issues that came out this week. Goddamn, there are a lot of them. This was a massive week for comics. It really, it really was. But I found myself because, um, like, I mean, a couple of weeks in a row, there's been we've had like thirty plus comics to read, and yep. it's been very like a bit of a slog to get through. But I enjoyed so much this week that I really. Like, I mean, I spend most of the weekend alone reading comic books, but this week it was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> you know? um, I should point out as well that um, if you hear some beautiful soft rock classics <laughs> in the background, uh, please don't sue for copyright. We are recording this inside King's Comics, and uh, you know only the, the, the hardest <laughs> soft rock classics get blasted. It's the 70s playlist, because Scott <laughs> Rowe's working. All right. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So let's, let's kick it off. Let's, get, let's put on the cowl and talk about Batman comics for the next 10 minutes. Uh, Batman number one, written by our favorite writer of the year so far, probably, mm. Tom King. Um, and art by, um, our, our, definitely not our favorite artist of ever, but uh, he did fine work in this. I, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge David Finch fan. He did, he did the art, David Generally. Finch did the art. Yeah, sorry. And also a great surprise, Geordie Belair on colors. That is, I think, what made this book for me. I mean, like, obviously, obviously Tom King is an extremely talented writer and this mm-hmm. was exciting for many reasons. But the color palette that Jordi Belair has made for this series is so reminiscent of 
the early uh, late nineties, early two thousands era of Batman comics. I felt I right. felt like it felt like stepping back into the Gotham that I know, and I think it really does a lot to create the. You know, I, I always think that Gotham is as much of an important character in Batman as Bruce Wayne is, and I think that this really gives a real texture and personality to Gotham as a city. I absolutely agree. Um, it should be said that this is, I don't know who, who David Finch's regular inker is, but the inks on this book were done by Matt Banning, and they're not the usual kind of really sketchy David uh, Finch kind of uh, figures that we're used to. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. It could, it could have to do with Matt Banning on inks. But, uh, look, this less is cross-hatching a, than usual. Let, let, let's stop talking about the art for a minute yes. and talk about this, this story. This is uh, a great beginning for Batman uh, Absolutely. In that you kind of see Batman accepting his end as he tries to uh, save a, a plane full of passengers from uh, plummeting into Gotham's main main part of the town. Mm. Um, and uh, he learns that while he, sa- while he can save the plane, he will have to do it by sacrificing himself. And I just thought this was just like, you know, there was a lot happening in this issue, but it was all about... Batman and his relationships with uh, with both Alfred, so someone that he's always had a relationship with mm-hmm. since the beginning of Batman, to um, uh, his new recruit. Duke? Yep. Can't think of what his last Duke name is. Duke Thomas. Duke Thomas. Um, who uh, we met in um, in Snyder's run and he popped up in the, uh, the Rebirth issue that came out two weeks ago. Um, it's still not clear what his role is going to be in this book, but... Um, but I I'm into it. This is, a, uh, this is a great action issue that dealt with... Batman's emotions. Mm. And I love Batman's emotions. If there's one thing I love, it's men <laughs> having emotions. Uh, yeah, I loved, I loved, there were so many things that were really, um, really cool that give you an idea of what Tom King wants to do with this book and how, what his Batman is going to be like. And I thought the way that Batman really, you know, knowing full well that it would cost him his life, obviously jumped in, still did what he had to do and accepted his fate really calmly and with a, you know, with a nice little like, would my parents be proud of me yeah. moment, you know, which was um, really done really uh, just perfectly, I thought, like really not sentimental, not not something that I've seen done before with Batman either. Like it felt very, it felt like a new Batman story, which I think is hard yeah, to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I loved that um, the passengers on board the plane, one of them complains about, you know, if we, if we were in Metropolis, we get Superman saving us. Who do you get in Gotham? Yeah. You know, no one in Gotham's going to save you. And then you know Batman is is the hero they deserve, mm. and, and he and he tries to sacrifice his life to save them. Uh, of course, obviously, Batman is not going to die at the end of his first issue. Of Only course. a really stupid book like Green Arrow would do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, we instead this this whole story is a, is a great way to introduce who is going to be. I I, I guess you know it could go, it could go either way, but it mm. looks like it's going to be Batman's antagonists mm. for for the first story in Tom King's run. Uh, two heroes that call themselves. Gotham and Gotham Girl, mm. and they represent the Greater Gotham. They 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 can fly. They have superpowers. Very very um very rep- reminiscent, obviously, of Superman. They have the Superman shape symbol on their chest chest with a with a G in it. And uh, Gotham Girl's costume is very reminiscent of early Supergirl. Yeah, for sure. Costumes. Yeah. So look, no idea who these two characters are or what their what their ties are. Um, I kind of, I would love for this because, you know, Snyder's run, a lot of it was about, you know, all of the side of Gotham that, that Batman doesn't know about. Yeah. I would love for these guys to have nothing to do with Gotham, for mm. them to be from somewhere else and then just decide that, you know, Gotham needs a real hero, not, yeah. not, not Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I thought this was really, really great. And, you know, I think Duke Thomas, his inclusion, obviously Tom King is using him instead of a regular Robin because mm-hmm. they all have their own books that they're going to be concentrating mm-hmm. on. And I like the idea of them kind of making 
making the kind of cast of characters in this book smaller. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I thought that worked really well. Um, and then of course you have some great, great uh, conversations between my favorite uh, relationship in the Batman universe, and that's Commissioner Gordon and Batman. Mm, yep, some good and a good a good classic Commissioner Gordon. And I a like. sick Batmobile as well. A sick Batmobile, actually, a great Batmobile. Uh, so well done on that one, David Finch. Yeah, good, good, good designs all the way through. Yeah, I've, I've, I think this is like a just a, exactly what I want from a Batman number one. It really is. Uh, you should definitely be reading this book if you're Absolutely. not already. Um, if you if you are like, oh, do I need to do I need to buy the Rebirth issue before that th- that came out? You don't don't no. really need it. But it was a pretty cool story in its own right. So you know, get it anyway. But this was just. A really excellent start and uh, has me very excited for what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. So this this succeeds as a number one in every way possible. I think. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't promise too much. It just gives you just enough, and and you know it shows that Tom King has an unbelievable understanding of Batman and his world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, we have already talked at length about the art, but I really like that um, Batman's not wearing tons of armor or anything like that. Like this is a much more classic like spandex suit Batman, and he's like looks strong and powerful and all these things. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. And there's not, you know, heaps of dumb tech either. Yeah. Not super. I kind of got over that. Like, yeah. yeah agreed. Yeah. This is exciting. I'm very excited to be reading Batman um, twice a month. Yeah. Let's hope it can stay at well, that. Or, or, or twice goodness. a week because we've got this, uh, this other Batman book that came out this week. Mm. Um, the prequel to Dark Knight Returns. This is called Dark Knight Returns, The Last Crusade, written by Frank Miller with Brian Azzarello, art by John Romita Jr. And, um... We also have... Uh, Inks and Colours by Peter Stegowald. I the, the colours in this are actually great too. Um, I thought the inking... I think, like, yeah, I no, have I a lot like of feelings yeah. about John Rita Jr. Most of them not very good. Sure. Um, and I think he needs... I think he needs a heavier ink, if then that this, makes sense. Yeah, this is a bit... Yeah. It's very pencil-like and very sketchy. I could see it kind of tying into Frank Miller's artwork. So, basically, this is like a whole... Uh, this is like a... Not so much an immediate prequel, but it kind of sets up... You know why? Why the Batman in in Frank Miller's classic Dark Knight Returns is a, you know, is as kind of dark and mm. and 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 you know focused as he is in, in that book. And you kind of, this is like a story about Jason Todd and his demise. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, if there's one thing that I wanted to see again in comic books, it's the story of Jason Todd being beaten to death by the Joker. <laughs> That's definitely worthwhile. Um, yeah. So I mean, I I actually thought this was going to be another ongoing. Mm. I didn't realize this is this is it now. This is just a little little one shot. Oh, this is a one shot. Oh, cool. Um, Good. I, th- I assume so. Anyway, like I don't know. It doesn't say. I, I, I could have done a bit more research on this. Is it, if, if, if if you know uh, that there is a second one of these coming, please uh, beat your fists into the window in, in front of you, <laughs> and we'll hear the smash and know that there's a second one coming. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I, I yeah. didn't. I didn't hate this. No. It wasn't necessary, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, but that said, I, I don't really. I don't know. I mean, I, I might reread it again and see if there was something I liked about it, but... Yeah, I just felt like very... I, I, I don't think this... Like, because, I mean, The Dark Knight Returns is a masterpiece, and it's like Frank Miller's probably the greatest thing that Frank Miller has ever done or will ever do. Mm, I like you one more, but yeah, sure. Yeah, but you know, like, it's, it's up there. And I like, like, I like Daredevil one. more as well. <laughs> I haven't read Daredevil. Um, but you know, like, I just feel like this is... This adds nothing to it. This doesn't... You know, this doesn't... It's not an interesting look at Frank Miller's Bat Universe. Um, it's, I, yeah, I just, I didn't get that much from it. And I really, I'm, I'm very over John Romita Jr. Like, I really, like, 
at Supernova over the weekend, I was looking through some old back issues, and we found a couple of issues of his Spider-Man run, uh-huh. and he was so good then. Like right. it really, it really worked, and I just feel like he's not. He loves drawing people like that have been beaten up with just lines streaming from their face. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some very weird panels. Like, there's a weird panel where Killer Croc is holding Batman's head and his head looks like it's all squished up like a baby's. And it's just, <laughs> it's very... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, if, I guess if you are a massive Dark Knight Returns fan and just, you know... Yeah. The, 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 the ongoing series that we've got at the moment, for, for some reason, isn't enough for you, <laughs> uh, maybe that you get a kick out of this. But... That said, it's not like, you know, I didn't. I wasn't shaking my fist at the end of this book. It no, was, I didn't hate it. It was just a bit nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I feel like, like it was I feel unnecessary. Like, I feel like, yeah, if it, 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 I feel like a book like this can't be anything but nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. you know, you can't really tell that much of a game-changing, exciting comic book story because then that affects... Yeah, the, we the already know returns. what exactly. has happened. And, and, and unless you do a really, you know, like subtle, nuanced character book... Mm. Which you know, I don't think DC would want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, look, it, it's not terrible. Mm. I don't know if you, if you liked it. Let us, let us know. Uh, serious issues at kingscomics.com. We love arguing with our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move from the uh, Cape Crusader to the Big Blue. Mm. Superman number one. This is uh, the 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 pairing of, uh, of of time and time again, tried and true pairing of uh, Peter Tomasi on writing with Patrick Gleason on art. Just a delight. Uh, I I was a massive fan of their Batman and Robin series. I thought mm-hmm. it didn't start out amazingly, but it was for me like by far the better of the Batman books. Um, by halfway through the, the New Fifty Two, mm-hmm. particularly that silent issue um, post uh, Robin dying in Batman oh, yeah, Incorporated. That was amazing. Yeah, I really loved that, and that was you know absolutely you know uh, Patrick Gleason mm. working very well with Peter Tomasi, um, and uh, you know it shows that they they are very good at re- writing. The Robin character, they're great mm-hmm. at writing a young a young kid in in the superhero world, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what they're doing here. Yeah. Um, they're writing John Kent, uh, son of uh, I hate I, I I really hate that. We should just start calling explain. him Superman. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. Right, he's <laughs> Superman. He is the uh, Clark Kent from before New Fifty Two, which is now not a thing anymore. So he is this this DC's Superman. Um, we won't even mention that there's another Clark Kent walking yep. around in the I other. I just don't want to even want to think about it. But uh, yeah, man. We have we have we have John. Kent. It's just a great story about John Kent realizing that with great power <laughs> comes dead animals. Yeah, uh, a lot of people were really upset by that. Upset by like the death of an animal in this issue. So if if animal deaths really upset you, probably don't. I thought skip you know, skip a page. I mean, like uh, the, uh, being upset at that moment comes mm. from seeing that happen and then seeing like you know John Kent not yeah. give a shit about it, but seeing. He needed that to happen to realize, you know, like it's either he kills a, an animal or he yeah. kills a person. Yeah, 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 uh, absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, and he yeah. and he didn't. He yeah. He basically he tries to save his his cat from being taken away by a bird, and um, uses. He's been told by his parents not to use his powers, and he screams, "Let her go!" and unleashes the full blow of his uh, of his heat laser vision, vision heat mm. vision. And uh, not only does he destroy the bird, but he also destroys his his, his kitten as well, which is very sad. Mm. Um, I just yeah, there's a lot going on in this in this book, but at the same time, it's just a breeze to get through. It really is. It's a really focused story, and I and I hope that that this is the majority of this series is just seen from John Kent's eyes. Absolutely, I think that it's such a fun um, like the Superman character. Like, there's a reason Superboy exists all the time and why he works so well because this idea of this you know hugely powerful um almost limitlessly pos- uh, powerful character sort of learning how to use his powers and learning what responsibility is and learning how to um 
how to be a good man like his father and live up to his father is, yeah. is really great. Definitely. Um, and there's some, definitely some interesting implications in the fact that, you know, another girl who was new to the area saw John use his powers and what that was going to mean and what, you know. Yeah. And and it ends with um, with Robin and Wonder... Sorry, with uh, Batman and Wonder Woman coming to visit Superman and, and, and to talk about his kid. Mm. And uh, I just thought that was just... That was excellent. Yeah. Um, it, it ends with, with Superman saying quickly and quietly, you're coming with me to, mm. to John, to his son. So... Look where this series is going. I, I'm really excited. Absolutely. This, again, I, I I closed this book going like, man, this is going to be a great Superman story. That's yeah, exciting for sure. And it's so it's so exciting to have Superman again be in that position of he is the he is the he is the voice of moral like he is the moral compass of the DC universe. Definitely. You know, and to have him be reinstated as this like larger than life like uh, inherently good character is is very. Is very nice. I Absolutely, think. and and you know, and, and he, this this version of Superman has years upon years of experience yeah. of being a superhero. So yep. no one's ever going to question him again. Now it's just like he is the compass, as you said. Yeah, and yep. I feel like that's an important place for Superman to be in. I agree. Yeah, I end this book very happy. So yeah. uh, very very excited to continue reading both Batman and Superman from this point onward. Yeah, they've done. Yeah, so far, so far, DC. Well, I mean, like, if you're going to get any two books right, yeah. those are your fucking books. Yeah, absolutely. And Wonder Woman as well. Um, those are the three the three kind of books that DC really need to nail. Yeah. Um, so, so far, two out of three. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to a, an actual rebirth issue. I don't know if you've been listening, but we've been doing uh, reviews of the rebirth pre-issues before the series. It's very confusing. I don't know, understand why these exist. Yeah, but this is Titans Rebirth number one, uh, written by... Dan Abnett, who uh, wrote the Aquaman Rebirth story last week that we didn't like at all. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, artwork is by Brad Booth. Um, yeah, so you you are a lot more connected to the Titans and the Teen Titans as yeah. a fan than I am, Siobhan. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't love this. And I'm, I'm totally... You know, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read the first issue of the series once it starts properly. Um... I just thought this was... I, I really do struggle to get past Brett Booth. I don't like Brett Booth at all. I've I realised in this that he can't he can't draw hands. <laughs> Did you see this? This panel with um, Aqualad? Like, his hand is like this half oh, yeah, thin. Cool. I was like, are you, is this supposed to be like a cool new design or can you just really not draw hands, Brett Booth? Um, and it was... Like, it was a fine issue. The issue is basically just Wally going around and touching everyone so that they remember him and then the sparks fly. And remember, we used to all be best friends. Remember how many fun adventures we had, guys? Wasn't that amazing? Which is fine and everything. I just, I kind of, I just didn't yeah. think it was... Yeah. I thought, look, look, yeah, it is an unnecessary issue, but I guess knowing how grim and, and, and boring the titans books were in the new 52 yeah to have them being like this is all about adventure and friendship yes like i closed the book and i was like oh yay friendship yeah yeah and absolutely that's what the teen titans should make you feel like totally right? like i remember um in jeff john's jsa run which is one of my favorite like series ever um he always talked about how like the titans the titans were like where you made friends and the like the league was sort of work and the titans was friends and the jsa was family um, and that was kind of how all those groups differentiated. And so I like I like that they're bringing the concept, like the the spirit of friendship and the spirit of adventure, back to the Titans books instead of everything just being yeah. But that's ultra a, these, grim. these are Titans, not the Teen Titans. Yes. So these guys are already adults. Yes. So it is it is different. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know where they're going. I'm, I'm sure something horrible is going to happen to them like immediately. Yeah, but um, for sure. I don't know. I guess I, I just ended this like you know. I didn't think it was amazing, but I I was like, oh good, Wally West is well and truly back. Yeah, and I kind of have a bigger, better understanding of what he's going to do in in the uh, DC universe now, and how it's going to differentiate from Barry. Yeah, I don't like his costume. No, that's, that's probably that's just because Brad Booth is boring it. Yeah, drawing yeah. it. Sorry, there yeah, are a lot yeah. of costumes here that I was yeah. not into because I think Brad Booth is drawing them. <laughs> Shouts to Brett Booth if you're listening. <laughs> sorry, keep it up. I'm sorry. Um, cool. So uh, that's still that's still two two from three ain't bad. Yeah, we've got two more to get through. Um, let's go to uh, Green Lanterns number one. Uh, the rebirth issue of this we were okay on. Mm. Um, exciting to kind of see how uh, Jessica Cruz and what's the other guy's name? Baz, Simon Baz. Simon Baz uh, deal with being the only the, the two main Green Lanterns on Earth. Um, now that Hal Jordan has taken off his space, uh, these guys are, are, are relatively they're, they're rookies when it comes to being a Green Lantern, mm-hmm. second doubting both themselves and each other. Um, and I really liked their depictions in this book. Yes. And I did not enjoy the story at all. I don't give a fuck about Atrocitus being no. the main threat in this. It just feels like more of the same shit that I stopped reading Jeff John's Lantern's yeah. run. I mean, I liked there was an element to which I really like it being set up as them they be they're cops, they're space cops. And so it's like a murder mystery almost immediately, yep. which I, I I enjoyed. I found um one thing that I found really quite distracting and I really I really didn't enjoy it and I didn't think it made sense to the character is Jessica's costume and the fact that it's so sexy because she is supposed to be like this, you know, I don't leave the house. Like, I'm so anxious. Why? And then she's like, no, yeah, my costume is this like skin tight bodysuit. And I found it, I found it genuinely quite distracting and quite, um, quite disruptive to the book. And I, I didn't like that at all, especially because Simon, but, Simon's got a gun and pants and a, but no, but it, but a jacket, skin you know? tight pants, aren't they? I, I, I thought all Green Lantern costumes are skin tight. Yeah, I just think because it's, but even even I mean, even when she's just wearing clothes, it's skin yeah, tight well, I mean, and her so, tits I mean, are out. Yeah. Like I mean, it's it's, it's the artist. It's the like, artist, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think I found that just. Yeah, I so think with a more skilled artist and more totally agree in uh, you know a more intelligent design for the character because the the Greenland, I assume their costumes come from what they want. They're slightly will it into existence. Sure, and I, it doesn't is, make sense to me for this. Kind of is the artwork that I just associate with with DC these days, though. Yeah, same as Brett Booth. So I finished those books, and I guess I just for, I didn't forgive that art, but I've just you know I'm, I'm numb to it. Yeah, I don't really care. I didn't even notice the art. I was just like, oh yeah, cool. I can tell the two characters apart. Yeah. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Like this is. But you're right. I should be. You know, I, I should finish a book. Like I, I feel like if I finished a Marvel book that looked like this, I'd be like, man, the art sucked on yeah. this. But I've just come to accept. The yeah. lower tier Marvel books, not that Green Lantern is a lower tier Marvel um, DC books, no. But but yeah, I've just kind of come to expect this art style from from them. But yeah, like com- like comparing yeah. this to to Finch or or, um, or Gleason on Superman and Absolutely. Batman is just yeah, it's it's crazy. a real it's a real difference, and I found it I found it annoying. But yeah, so Sam Humphreys uh, writes a, a good version of both Simon Baz and, and Jessica Cruz. Not that I know any other version of them besides these ones, but yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like. Green Lantern books should just be banned from saying any other color except green. I don't <laughs> yeah. care that there are other lanterns. Yeah, like, I you've am. You've done those stories. I've read those stories. For Do sure. something else. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Do numbers or shapes or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, Green Arrow, number one, um, written by, um, who was it? Someone Percy. Someone Percy and someone Schmidt. I think one Benjamin of them is Benjamin Percy Otto, and Otto, Otto Schmidt. Otto Schmidt. Um, 
these guys were actually the same creative team that did the Rebirth issue, mm-hmm. um, and here they are, kind of continuing that story immediately. So that's uh, this actually makes this very rare. Um, in that the Green Arrow Rebirth was mm. genuinely the first issue of this story arc. Yeah, it really Whereas was. Whereas I feel like the other Rebirth issues were more kind of weird status quo setups. Um, what did you think of this, Siobhan? I mean, there were a couple of things I, I did like. I don't I don't have the issue with the art that you... You said you didn't like the art? No, the art in this oh. I love. No, oh, no, no, yeah, no. cool. No, 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 no. I think this is excellent. I want yeah. to see this guy on, on the Lantern's book. That, 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 that would be a great fit, but... um. There were, there were things that I definitely really liked in this because... Um, it's obvious that um, Percy, whatever his name is, is bringing in a whole bunch of stuff that Jeff Lemire set up in his Green Arrow run, which I really, really did enjoy. That was one of the books from the New right. 52 that I loved. And so it's bringing in a whole bunch of um, that cast of characters that they built up, this other history for him, um, his you know half-sister, Emmy, who shows up and is sort of now his protege or sidekick I really liked. Sure. I'm, I have only just gotten excited about Black Canary and Green Arrow being back together again and then so immediately we're introduced to this character Emmy and then by the end of the book her mother and yeah and so I mean I just felt like they crammed so much into this into this one issue yeah that like I don't like you know I don't hate it but there are so many cool things that they could have explored but instead they they cram an entire arc or you know two arcs worth of story into one issue yeah and what is the point of of seemingly killing your title character in the first issue of their new comic book. Yeah, like, I mean... I mean, obviously he's not fucking dead, but, like, I just don't... I don't... You don't... That's not the kind of cliffhanger that I want on the first issue, because where do you go from there? Yeah, and I also... I really... um, I wish that they'd kept the will-they-won't-they of Green Arrow and Black Canary going for a little bit longer. Yeah, like, it's yeah, just so all of a sudden they... Green Arrow and, and Black Canary fuck. Yeah. And, and then um, you meet the head of Queen Industries who then sets up Oliver Queen um, mm-hmm. to die by enlisting the his, like, you know, his half-sister who... Who, mm. who immediately betrays Ollie yeah. with Shado, who is a classic character from Green Arrow, who, who is Who had now- a baby with his dad, who is that daughter. That yeah. happened in Jeff Lemire's run. Yeah, it was actually yeah. good. It okay, was better cool. than all it right. sounds. Okay, I just thought it would introduce so many things in here that, that would have just made up for, like, you know, the, there are like five, the beginnings of five great yeah. stories in here, and instead you just have them all shoved down your throat. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, in the space of two pages, like, yeah. Black Canary and Green Arrow do it, and then she's like, I think we need space, and leaves. Like, it's just, yeah. It's lazy. It's lazy it's to bit. do this much. Yeah, Does that I make agree. Any sense? I don't know. No, it, it, I, I do understand that. 100% because it's it's setting up a lot. But I really did enjoy Jeff Lemire's run um, and the sort of mythology that he brought to Green Arrow. Sure, but I don't, I don't get that this is a new beginning if it's bringing back all of that stuff and not explaining it. Yeah, this is the, this is the problem. This yeah. is the problem with these constant rebirths is that a rebirth is never really a rebirth, you know? But it feels that way. for Even like the Green Lanterns book, even though like you're getting carry-on stuff, I don't feel like I need to go back and read any of these things. Whereas here yeah. I was like, who the fuck's that? I've read lots of Green Arrow comics. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm still gonna. I'm gonna read. I mean, the next issue. Next, I'll give the it death one. I'll give it Queen. one more chance. Yeah. But like, I just, I, I did not have a good time reading this. I, I think I liked it a little bit more, but I, I also, I will give. It, I'll read the next issue. I do like the art though. Audio, yeah. Audio nice. is good. Um, <laughs> cool. So that is uh, three from five. No, <gasps> yeah. two from five. Real or three ish. Uh, three, like two point five. We love Superman and Batman, and yeah. like we said earlier, if you're gonna get any two books right on your first make issue, it make it those two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Um, let's move from DC over to Marvel. They had mm-hmm. a couple of new number ones this week, um, and uh, they really cra- everyone everyone had some massive titles out this week, which is yeah, funny absolutely. because 
this week coming up is a, is a relatively quiet week in comparison, and, mm. and even more so the week after that. Um, so uh, the big the big one this week for Marvel was Han Solo number one, written by Marjorie Liu and um, art by Mark Brooks. I love Marjorie Liu. Yeah, she's great, and um, I I have not had a very good time with the Star Wars comics lately. Um, mm. Especially, well, not so much. I, I, I'm still enjoying Darth Vader and Star Wars, but all I, I mean, I really did not enjoy that that Poe Bat Dameron book. Mm. And so, while I was very excited to see that Charles Saul was having a break from from writing this spin-off series, uh, I uh, I just didn't go into this with very high expectations. And for that reason, I end the end of this book like, oh, that was great. Yeah, so enjoyable. Such a fun book. I mean, Han is like obviously one of the most fun characters in the Star Wars universe. So it's so cool getting like yeah, definitely. just a Han book. I thought we were going to get it before the first movie though. I didn't realize that it was going to be in the same period mm. of time because aren't Han and Leia already hanging out in the Star Wars comic already? Why do we need this extra adventure of them in between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back? Because more adventures equals more fun. And, um. it, and it, it took me so, I mean, I, I love Star Wars, but it actually took me a minute to go, wait, when is this set? Because they don't, I don't, you know, I haven't memorized the scrolling no. text from the beginning of every Star Wars no, movie. Me so I just kind of wish it said this is between these two movies. And yeah. Anyway, no, I think I think I um, I think I pay so little attention to that <laughs> to those sure. things. Then I think I enjoyed it. Well, I just um, don't know. Is it before Han and Solo, Han, Han and Leia make out, or I think it's definitely pre make out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is definitely. It's for sure. It's, 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 it is in between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Um, I uh, I, I thought this is really enjoyable. Um, yeah. I think uh, Marjorie Liu has a great grasp of his character and his voice mm-hmm. comes through because in, uh, given any criticism you have of Jason Aaron's Star Wars run, at the heart of it, he gets Han Solo's voice so perfectly. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought this was a this is a really great start to the issue. I don't... It wasn't too super crash hot on, on the... Uh, on the the very final pages where they, they enter this amazing this big space race yeah. in order to obtain um, some stuff for the rebe- rebellion, um, yeah. re- sorry the rebel alliance and uh, yeah I just uh, it, it ends a bit like kind of like you know a bit too comic booky whereas you know I don't, I feel like I didn't need to go full full out cliffhanger yeah in this. no I agree about that but I I really like the sort of concept of I mean I love Han being such a underdog and still having this like insane cocky arrogance the whole way through because he's entering this race that he is not really qualified to oh, enter like he's a fantastic. smuggler yeah, yeah. and they're all like we're professional racers what are you doing and, like, and yeah, he's that, like nah nah he's completely rejected him for being a smuggler and, yeah, yeah totally I thought um yeah I think there's a lot to really really enjoy about this book and I love the whole like you know Princess Leia is like don't concern yourself with actually winning the race. This is a smuggling thing. You will have to pick up this thing. And he's like, nah, we're still going to win. Like, <laughs> obviously that was going to happen, but it was still a funny moment when it did. Um, I, yeah, I think this was, I think this, I really enjoyed this. But, you know, I think in, in, in giving him this race to be a part of, I mean, that that gives you the, the stakes of this book. Because obviously yeah. both Han and Chewie are going to end this book alive and happy. Yes. But well, are they going to win this goddamn race? Yeah. And, and who will they take down in their wake? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see where this goes. I think it was a, a really, really fun book, which is exactly what I needed from these Star Agreed. Wars spin-off titles at the moment. Cool. Um, they also put out at Marvel this week, Vote Loki, number one, which is one of the longest promoted uh, mm. mini-series I've seen ever. These, the, the, this fantastic um, ad, sorry, cover drawn by Trad Moore has been popping up in several Marvel books for the last few months. This but it's is, such a great image, you would put it in yeah, everything. It, but it's one of those things where it's so good that you're like, oh my God, is Trad, Trad Moore drawing this entire issue? Unfortunately, he's just doing the covers. Um, it's written by Christopher Hastings and art is by Langdon Foss. This is a uh, 
pretty much all out comedy book about mm-hmm. Loki um, entering the US presidential election. So a very timely for once like usually usually Marvel will put out something about the elections like a week after the election or something really poorly timed. But this was actually um, feels very pertinent and of the moment. Which is which is nice to see. Definitely, um, um, and I really like I really like Langdon Foss. It reminds me of um, Raymond Ramon Villalobos a little yep, bit. Yep, definitely that a little bit. A um, little bit who, Chris Burnham. Who does the artwork on the Manhattan Projects? It's oh r- yeah, I know what you mean. Too. But yeah, 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 very similar, similar yeah. vibe. Um, I yeah. So this is it's sort of told through the eyes of a um, of a reporter whose building was destroyed by. Um, by a fight between Loki and the Avengers and the... Years and years ago. Yeah, and the mayor who promised to rebuild, you know, did something shady with the money and she um, uncovers it and so she's this sort of hotshot reporter. And Loki tries to sort of get her on side, get her to write a piece about him, but all that mattered was that she wrote a piece and he just rewrote it as a... As a as trickster a, guy. As a puff piece about himself. So I really... I mean, there's a lot to really... I really enjoyed this. Yeah, and you have more uh, than I thought I was going to. Loki rewriting himself as a, as a, as a girl at one point. Hell and, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I thought I just thought it was great. And it ends with um, with Thor coming to the reporter's house and demanding to know what the meaning of this is mm. because she's written this puff piece about evil ass Loki. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought this was uh, this is really fun. Yeah, um, and and this is exactly what 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 you need. I'll be talking about a few comics that are just. Just really, really fun breezy comics to get through that maybe not everybody needs in their life, but when, no. when you and I are reading thirty plus <laughs> comics a week, it is fun just to read a comic that you can just go like, oh, I don't need to think, I can just read Absolutely. and enjoy this and have a chat. And I like how many straight comedy books um, Marvel are putting out. Like you could argue like Unbeatable Squirrel Girls, a straight comedy Down book, and Iron Fist. Absolutely, and this is um, written obviously by Christopher Hastings, who is most well known for Gwenpool, uh, Gwenpool, and Doctor McNinja, his long running comedy. Yep. Web series, um, web comic, sorry, and so yeah, I'm 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 very down with this. If you yeah. just want, if you want a little bit of a chuckle about politics and but there's enough of gods. a story here. Like w- the Gwenpool stuff, I thought it was really great the first two issues, and then I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm kind of, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't need to read any more this of this. Is just jokes, yeah. Um, whereas th- there's there's a great story un- undermining here, and, and I'm excited to see this. You know, I've spoken it before about how I wish Civil War was not about them, them fighting. Mm. I wish it was about Rhodey actually becoming the president. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see like a you know more political Marvel comics. I think that's really a really fun concept. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see this. You know, because Captain America and and Falcon are on the. Uh, oh, sorry, both Captain Americas are on the. Uh, yeah. On the front cover of the next. Oh, I'm going to have issue. to buy that issue just for that cover. Yeah, I it's never such an buy excellent Treadmore. Treadmore <laughs> uh, cover. It's great. Do you know one thing that I really love in this, which is something that sort of happened in the Spider-Man books more recently, is J. Jonah Jameson rebranding yes. himself as like a pundit, like a political sort of right-wing Fox News um, style. Like a, um, um, Bill, what's his name? Yeah, like Bill yeah. O'Reilly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I think that's really funny. Really, like, funny. that's it's a really perfect. funny development on that character, and it makes a lot of sense. It's really good. Anytime J. Jonah Jameson shows up, it's just a better it's just, time it's for everybody. Just amazing, I love it. Yep. Um, check out, just go to this last page, check out this cover. Because yeah. the best Oof. thing that Tradmore does is that fantastic uh, movement lines. Yeah. And you have uh, someone in like a weird Hydra outfit shooting a burger gun <laughs> at, at Captain America's new shield. And they're just this fantastic blur of lines. As a, oh, it's just great. Just yeah, the there's best. a lot. And it's, you know, tra- absolutely Tradmore, but it's been drawn in like a classic, almost like, you know, Silver Age Marvel mm. way. Excellent. Yeah, very, so very excellent. Looks really funny. Yeah, looking forward to this this series. Um, and finally, Marvel put out uh, X Men number one, Civil War two. 
Um, so this is the this is how we find out how the X Men uh, world is fitting into Civil War Two, and um, you know what? Who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Drawn by Cullen Bunn, who has written a really good Magneto series in the last few years. That and, was amazing. But you kind of finish this book going, he has no idea what Magneto does. Yeah. Maybe it's just the status quo of Magneto in, in, in the post-Secret Worlds Marvel Universe. Um, artwork is by Jesus Arbitrov, which is the second Jesus working at uh, at Marvel at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is just, you know, obviously the Terrigen Mists that are benefiting the Inhumans are... Uh, making mutants sick or killing them. Um, and so you have a bunch of rich, rich mutants watching in a um, seemingly uh, like, you know, sound and, and like basically like a very safe dome that they can watch the Terrigen mist hit their town and, and see all the poorer mutants die. Um, which It's just very heavy handed. And then, then um, Magneto leads his team of mutants to kind of show them the error of their ways. But in doing that, they risk exposing themselves to the Terrigen mist themselves um, end up getting meeting up with Storm, saved by Storm's Storm's team, and um, they kind of both have the, the Storm Storm's acting on information that she got by the uh, Inhuman who can predict events, and uh, Magneto thinks that's fucked up, so he's hashtag Team Tony. And uh, but I sort of like, I mean, I like, I think the thing that I did like about this, and the thing that maybe I've liked about the other Civil War titles, is that it's not really tying into the main conflict like this is very much an x-men story about like magneto's attitude is the inhumans are a direct like threat to us whether they you know intend to or not they have put us in a position where like we are now at war with them and storm's going oh well it's not that simple like we all are friends and let's all work together and blah 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 magneto is like no but guess who guess who agrees with him it's the unlikely pairing of nightcrawler and magneto so I don't know. Are they going to dr- try and track down Ulysses and kill him? I just probably don't care. not. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't care really either. No, probably. like I mean, th- there was I didn't hate this. I wasn't like the whole a, way through. I, I feel like we say that we say that about ten books every yeah, week. I, know, right? I didn't it's hate such a, this. Such I don't, a bullshit I don't opinion. know what it means. <laughs> but it's I think fine. it just means yeah. Who cares? Yeah, it was fine. If it you like X Men and you really you like want to know what's going on with X Men, go for it. Event tie-ins are never great, so it's true. You just have to aspire to not being terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move away from Marvel and DC. We've got three more number ones to get through before we leave the first ones. The first things first, arena, mm. and onto the uh, regular issue uh, coliseum. <laughs> um, number one, the first issue of uh, Tales from the Dark Side, which saw the lock and key team of Joe Hill and Gabrielle Rodriguez reuniting. Joe Hill, of course, the um, son of Stephen King, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Gabrielle Rodriguez, um, an incredible artist. Um, Lock and Key, one of my favorite series from the last decade, um, ended on such a fantastic strong note, and uh, the two have definitely stayed active in, in writing and in comics since. Um, Gabrielle Rodriguez did an amazing uh, take on... Oh, I don't know. Oh, God damn it! This is going to kill me. Um, I told you to pick up the trade of it last week. Do you remember? Uh. No, it came out through IDW. Uh, the little, the little Nemo. Oh, Little Nemo Sl- and Slumberland. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Little Nemo and Slumberland, which is oh. highly, highly recommended. It, unbelievable art and a beautiful story. Uh, very, very different to this. And actually, the art in this book is very different to um, Gabriel Rodriguez' character work in Lock and Key too, which is cool to see him change it up for a bit more kind of cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story behind this book is that Tales from the Dark Side was actually an old TV franchise that uh, Joe Hill had actually 
been slated to take over for a new TV audience and that got uh, thrown in the bin, but he was able to hold on to his scripts and so he's now turning it into a comic book series. Very clever. I'm sure I've missed some important parts there, but that's more or less the gist <laughs> of it. Um, so you kind of get like, you know, it's almost like a anthology series akin to um, The Twilight Zone yeah. or something like that. Um, and so we see a story of a, um, a guy who... Uh, is kind of like a never do well. Uh, he's working as a lifeguard and not really, and kind of like sleeping his way through his shifts as a lifeguard and then partying all night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he finds out that he's responsible for the uh, death of someone's wife in the pool because he wasn't paying attention. Sleeping. Um, he was sleeping, and because of this, he decides he he, he just he, he he can't get back to sleep, so mm. he stays awake at all times, and then develops a crazy superpower. It's not not as so much a power as it is a burden. Mm. Whenever anyone sees his face, they fall asleep. And so you have him trying to kind of deal with that while the um, husband of the woman who died on his watch tracks him down. Um, and it's a one and done. Um, it's a it's a pretty you know it's it's not not a happy ending. Kind it's of maybe it ending. is, uh, but it's a really riveting, fun story. And the best news that comes out of this book is uh, the last two pages. The reveal that um, after finishing 2013, Lock and Key is coming back this October um, for a, a series in which it gets smaller. I don't mm. know what that means. I guess there's a key that makes you tiny. I am um, going to have to read. You should original. read Lock and Key. Yeah, it's I so know. good, man. I know I should. It's so, so good. The, when, uh, the first issue it's I read scary, of it. It's scary, though. <laughs> it is. There, there are actually, there are, I have never had a, a bigger moment of dread reading a comic mm. than I have but like joyous like yeah. oh no, no. Like, you just you think you know that the, that the heroes are going to finally one up the, the force that they're up against mm. um, yeah it's it's so, it's such a great book and um, every every kind of six book arc six issue arc of it is, is a different kind of threat and, and right, all, okay. all the motors are different it's it's really really great but I mean, it's still the same threat the whole way through it's, it's an excellent it's great, excellent yeah. series um, but this issue, yeah, I loved this. I like. I mean, it's it's so rare to see a one and done single issue, and it's so well crafted, and the story is so well plotted and paced. I really enjoyed this, and I'm looking forward to getting a little spooky thrill yeah. every month. It looks like yeah. I think we've got. Is there? A, it's a new. It's a two parter for the next month. I think. Ooh. Yeah, part part one of two. It's called the Black Box. So I'm really looking forward to this series. It's great to see these two working together because they work together very very well. Um, to be honest, it's great to see Gabriel Rodriguez draw anything, mm. um, but uh, with Joe Hill is, is an extra treat. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Tell me about Weird Detective, Siobhan. Yeah, well, this is um, a new book from Fred Van Lente with art by... Ooh, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Oh, good. It's finally... You have to do it. Guiu, I think. Guiu Villanova. Um, and so this is a sort of detective story um, where the detective is... It's a little bit strange. Yeah, so this is uh, out through Dark Horse, and it is a classic Dark Horse story. Um, the, yeah, the detective, I wouldn't say he's strange. I'd say he's weird. <laughs> um, you learn that there is a supernatural, uh, or, or sorry, a cosmic um, force at play here. Mm. And um, you have this detective who has an incredible, he, he has what is it, 17 different senses yeah. as opposed to the usual five. But he says that real in reality, because uh, taste and uh Taste, touch, and, and, and smell, smell are both all, part of touch. You're all touch and touch, so really humans only have three senses, whereas he has 17, and mm. he can kind of 
do do every. I don't know. He's, he has wild powers which help him be. A he very, can very phase quick. through stuff. Yeah, and I, it's been he's been working alone, so he hasn't had to. He he just goes off crazy hunches because he has you know extra special powers. Um, but now he has a now he has a partner who he can't just get away with going off on crazy hunches. He has to back his stuff up with regular police work and start trying to actually assimilate into regular human life and conversation because he's a very bizarre. Obviously, in the way that he talks and the way that he acts. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're not we're not spoiling the big twist, but there is one pretty 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 uh, early into this comic, um, and uh, this is a really really fun number one. It's a mm. jumbo issue for just three ninety nine US, so well worth your time and money. Absolutely. Um, I think the one thing that I didn't like was the ongoing joke of him being weird because he's from Canada. I love it that. happens so many times, though. And being from Canada isn't that funny. Yeah, but I know, but I, th- I think <laughs> I think that the humour in that lies that so many people just accept that that's why he's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was really... Um, it was good fun. And a good... Uh, like, a cool... A cool cliffhanger ending... Um, of yeah, like because like yeah. you don't, you don't even know if you, this character that we're following, the weird detective, is necessarily good. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's you we know no again an, an, another classic dark horse comic book trait. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see where this one goes. This is a real fun start. Absolutely. Definitely go pick up Weird Detective number one. Um, last number one we're going to talk about because I don't think Siobhan really wants to talk about the uh, Transformers comic that I forced her to read. I and tried then didn't to read, read it. Myself. I tried to read Siobhan me. Um, I tried to read it and I couldn't because I don't know anything about Transformers and I was very confused. <laughs> I still don't understand. They're, they're organic robots? What is that? What? Anyway. <laughs> Nobody write in. No, <laughs> no one write tell in. me. No don't one explain No one tell us me. about Transformers. I don't want to know. Um, this is our first book that we've ever reviewed for, um, from Archaea Press. Mm. Um, this one's called The Joiners, written by R.J. Ryan with David Marquez and Kelly Fitzpatrick on art and colors. Um, this, Art's very cool. This is a book about um, an inventor... But immediately we learn, like as in the first page, we learn that he is going to jail. Mm. And so we see uh, his wife get all of his money because he's, and, 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 and she is also given with all of his possessions, um, his confession. And it opens with her debating whether or not she should read it because she doesn't want to like him in spite mm. of what he's done. Um, we're then immediately thrown, you know, months or even years before that event um, and the rest of the book kind of shows this inventor it's a set some you know not too far in the future but far enough that there are some wacky inventions mm-hmm. um, and he seems to I don't know uh, he's invented like something that allows you to hover is that was that it did you get that from? yeah yeah I think that it's some kind of flying thing but the, the him inventing stuff isn't the important part of this story it's about you know the, re- the relationships between work and family mm. and um you know the the importances in in this character's head. Um, there's actually a fantastic page in this book where you just see the the uh, different percentage of things that he's thinking about at any given moment. I did like that. I loved that. So I thought that was very clever. There are some really clever moments in this. Like I really the page where um, you know he's going to meet his his brother and there's three quick panels beforehand that represent like Cain and Abel, the Wright brothers, and then. Um, Apple mm. and I Absolutely. like such a cool immediate foreshadowing really really clever way to do that I thought that was incredible there was a lot about this book that I really enjoyed there was a lot that I got confused by as well <laughs> and there were yeah couple- I mean I think yeah this is definitely one of those um, books that isn't afraid to kind of throw you in the deep end of, of, of a conversation already happening yeah and just allow you to kind of fill in the gaps yourself I think a lot of those moments of you being lost are purposeful um, probably but there were there were moments where I was like I didn't 
from page to page, I've, I felt very lost and confused. Right. And if that is intentional, it's a very weird choice to make. Yeah, okay, I, 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 I didn't feel like that, so... Maybe I'm um, just stupid. Nah. <laughs> but, um, but mostly, I, I, think, I think this seemed like a book by someone... Like, I, I haven't read anything by RJ no, I've Ryan never even before. Heard that. We, we should have Googled his name. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. We next time. Because this felt like quite a sort of... This feels like a Hickman book. It feels like a Hickman book. It feels like a Hickman who hasn't quite perfected his craft yet. You know, like, it seemed, yeah. like, really ambitious, really big ideas. I love that. I love, like, what he's doing. I love the page setouts. I think the art's amazing. Um, but I just think... Um, it's just not quite but you know, quite there yet. The one thing that he does do that a, a lot of writers that you know you you think are early on in their career um, always forget is that he allows the artist to show instead of there's not for sure a it's huge, definitely I mean, not overwritten exactly. So yeah, I think yeah, I, I'm I'm very I think this may be like alongside Batman Superman like my favorite comic of of, of the week. I really I really really mm. like the series. It's it's a, it's a limited series, one of four. Um, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm on board with this. I'm absolutely like I'm I'm absolutely on board. I'm yep. definitely intrigued, and I'm definitely going to check out the rest the of the art. Series. Is fucking cool. Too. Yeah, it's- I don't understand why though. There's a bit of like I wish they'd resize the panels a little bit so that it actually fills the book or change the size of the book because it seems weirdly not fitting throughout most of the way, oh, yeah. and I find that blank space a little bit. I wonder odd. if this is like a digital comic first or something like that. Possibly. Could we be. might do some research, guys. Don't worry <laughs> about us. We're professionals. <laughs> Um, cool, so that is First Things First, um, a whole, I don't know, like 12 issues yeah, of geez. new comics. Uh, we're going to move on to the regular issues that came out this week, and uh, we're very excited to talk about this number four issue of Black Widow, written by Mark Wade and Chris Samney. Um, we've been boy. excitingly uh, reading each issue of this with bated breath for the next one. Uh, Siobhan, did this one deliver? It, I, man, I feel like this issue change the whole book for me you know you think it's going to be something and then it turns out to be something totally different and it feels like this is just sort of picking up and i found that incredibly exciting yeah so they, 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 is... they haven't been very generous with uh with the ongoing plot mm. um for this book which i've enjoyed the first issue of this was just um black widow escaping from a shield helicarrier with mm-hmm. something that shield that, that she shouldn't have and shield uh Trying, trying to take her down at all costs, and then um, you find out that you know she's been she's been forced. Her hand has been forced by someone who who has something on her, um, and then we kind of this ties into you know Black Widow has one of the most bummer backstories of any of the Marvel mm. characters um, trained in Russia to be a. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for 
you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. An assassin. Um, and... Uh, it's you know it's inevitable that any story about her is going to tie into her past somehow. Yeah, absolutely. But um, and usually I'm like, oh, not again. When yeah, that not again with the ballet children assassin. Yeah, yes. But uh, this is this is really really great. Yeah, this is brilliant. This is like I mean I've I've said this before, but it feels like the Black Widow story that we've always wanted and everyone's like, everyone's been waiting for because I just find this like I think this is so thrilling. I think they have such an awesome um, grasp on her as a character. I think that she's incredibly strong, um, well-written. I think that the things that they've brought into her past are really compelling. I love the characters that they've brought in, like this old man who helps her out. And Ah, man. Yeah. And Chris Samney is just like, it's just... Yeah, Chris Samney is at his A-game and this. Yeah. Just incredible storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much without any dialogue and without any sort of narration that's just all, all Samney. So I'm going to spoil something. I'm going to try to be as vague as possible. But in this, you meet Black Widow's, like, I guess, like, kind of like the big bad, the main threat of this, mm. of, of, of this current story. Um, she comes face to face with her and the big threat is told that she shouldn't, go head-to-head with Natasha, Black Widow, right now because Black Widow is not at her full strength Mm -hmm. and that she should instead wait until she is ready. And so they just let Black Widow go. Which was so cool. You like that? It was a really cool, intense ending for her to just be allowed to walk out but still have that hanging over her and for her to have like technically achieved her goal but still failed in a very real way. Um, Yeah. 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 Different. I, I, I can't think of that being done... Before, or certainly not as classily as this. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, um, I don't know what's going on that last page, who that's meant to be, but I'm excited for the next issue. Again. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, just and and a very sort of small scale, reasonably like small stakes in terms of you know this isn't a threat to the entire universe. This is a very localized threat to do with Black Widow, and it feels like a very grounded story. There yeah. aren't superpowers, there aren't anything like that. It's a it's a spy book. She's been taken out of all other Marvel books at the moment, I think, right? Oh, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm glad. This is perfect. Um, I don't yeah. want anyone else touching her. If you can only afford, you know, five comics a month or whatever, this mm. should absolutely be in your state. It really should be. It should be on the top of everyone's list. I'm, I'm so surprised when people aren't reading it because I just think it's amazing, you know? Cool. Speaking of not reading things, The Adventures of Archer and Armstrong... I didn't read it. Uh, ...was a, uh, a, a, is a series that I've been reading since it started, and um, it's written by um, Raphael Roberts, who's written a lot of different stories with Archer and uh, Armstrong since Valiant uh, restarted, and uh, art is by David Lafuente, who's done stuff with uh, Marvel and on Ultimate Spider-Man in the past. Mm-hmm. He's doing a very different, fun, kind of goofy style on this book. Um, 
I started, this is my first ever, this little series is my first ever introduction to Archer and Armstrong, and I've loved every second of it. And this book, the uh, fourth issue in this series, was the the end of this first arc, and it ended on such a high note. And uh, I am... Um, I just, I'm really glad that I'm reading this. Mm. I don't need to say much, say much more than this. I just, you know, if you're after a, like a pretty funny um, book where like, you know, the books don't make you laugh out loud, but it is a, a lighter in tone, but it has a lot of heart to it and an emotional depth. This is just like, it's just a very rewarding read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely want to check that and out. And Fuente's art. Unfortunately, this is the last one that he's doing. Um, as of next, next month, it's moving on to somebody else. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just uh, he did such an incredible job. The uh, artist on the next one is Mike Norton. Oh, so that's 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 cool. Oh, too. cool, great, yeah. Battle so, bug. Um, um, yeah, and and actually, the next I want to talk about this because uh, the next issue features Faith. Oh yeah, and so Faith is uh, a plus size superhero <laughs> um, in the Valiant universe that um, people on Tumblr either love or loathe. Yeah, um, and she's getting she had a mini series out. Earlier this year, and she's now getting a new series, which starts very soon, which we'll be reading number one of soon. Mm-hmm. But do you know anything about Faith? I mean, I read I read the first issue of um, her series that started earlier this year. I like, I wanted to like it a lot more than I did, mostly right. because she, her character is this real. I mean, it's very. I think the thing that I found quite odd is that she's a real like fangirl character, so it's full of, you know references that are going to date really poorly and I'm I just don't I don't find the character of cute nice fangirl that compelling sure um I'm totally down to have a positive superhero like have her be upbeat and happy I'm totally down to have you know I think it's awesome to see a plus size superhero that's cool that's really fun um I just didn't I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to because I thought she was a little bit shallowly written right um, well, she is uh, Archer from Archer and Armstrong's boyfriend. Girlfriend, boyfriend. sorry. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that's even more intense. Um, that's cool. Yeah. That's nice. Great. Totally. So uh, excited about that. Um, I wonder, Jody Hauser. Yeah, right. So it's the same, it's the same creative team. Um, we'll say the same writer doing the new series that did the old one. So right, okay. we'll see what she does. Yeah. Um, I'll check it out. For and sure. in, in any case, if, if you, like me, a couple months ago thought that the Valiant Universe is all doom and gloom, mm. uh, Archer and Armstrong is like pretty much like a, like a, you know, classic, you know, uh, real fun Marvel style adventure comic book. Absolutely. And I would add to that pile. I haven't, I'm not reading the current series, but I read the Quantum and Woody series from a year or two ago. Yep. And that's hilarious. Okay, like great. as a classic sort of buddy cop comedy, that's a really, really good one to check out. Awesome. Um, and very exciting this week. We had another issue of Claws. Did we decide we were actually going to call it Claws? Yeah, it's called Claws. So. Yeah. And I was right. You were right? I can't remember what, what the prediction was. My prediction was that, that he was going to fight Krampus. And I think that's, oh, yeah, of that course. seems that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I assume that. Still hasn't happened yet. Don't put, don't put all your money in there. Uh, <laughs> so this is, of course, the uh, the Santa Claus Year One story that Grant Morrison has been telling with Dan Mora on art. This is coming out through Boom Studios. Um, it's a seven-issue limited series, and this was the sixth issue. Um, we did not. We, weren't, we thought the fifth issue was the weakest in the series so far. Um, but I guess it was a necessary kind mm. of downturn to show the kind of inner turmoil and outer turmoil that uh, that Claus faces in mm-hmm. his quest to become Santa Claus. Um, in this, we it is revealed that there is the genuine child-eating threat of Krampus, um, and uh, all seems to go to hell except Claus is uh, is saved by magic. <laughs> Yay! I love how I love how um, 
drug based. All of all of his magic seems like yeah. Grant Morrison just loves loves peyote. Yeah, um, this is just you know this wasn't a standout issue in the series for me either, but uh, definitely got the story back on track. I'm very excited to see it conclude. Um, I just want to really shout out the um, the artwork in this. Oh, I know, um, Damara. I'm. I can't wait to see what he does after this. I wonder if he's going to be poached by one of the big two or if he's going to do... I feel like he'd be excellent on an ongoing image book. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'd like to see him on an all-ages book as well because he has like a real cartoony definitely. sort of um, bent. And I, I really enjoyed this issue. I thought it was a very... You know, I mean, it, it takes an extremely sinister turn um, and feels like it feels like quite a real threat. And I know that obviously in the end he is going to be Santa. But there's a moment where he's sort of tied on the ice like you know half naked and it really felt like a real like oh wow how is he actually going to get out of this yeah that's like definitely and obviously it was magic but you know still cool <laughs> drug still magic. cool and drug magic um yeah i really i really like it cool well, well, well one issue away this is going to be the perfect christmas gift it really for your is. comic reading friends at the end of the year uh civil war 2 number two by uh, Brian Michael Bendis. I mean, it says so much about this book that this wasn't the first thing that we talked about. Like, this is Marvel's biggest event, and we just... It's not. It's oh, not, man, that's hilarious. This it's is, not top of our thing. the same artwork. David Marquez, who I was just talking about on Archer and Armstrong, oh, did the, the art in this. Oh. They could not be more different. It's yeah. like You should see that it's like vibrant cartooning in Archer and yeah. Armstrong. And uh, in this, it's, you know, him following... In the, I mean, it's still great but uh you know classic marvel um serious style yeah. event comic cartooning but um yeah this issue mm. that's here's the thing about event comics they're not for me they're not for no. you you and me already read a shitload of comics that's true they that are for true. people who are like should i get into comics and then <laughs> and then they read this and they go nah oh yeah no but it's like whoa look at all these things that are that are part of this yeah. massive world and how they come together um, and a lot of people have like, I mean, I know I have a huge affection for Infinite Crisis, which I know is not a perfect comic book by any standards. And because it is so many people's way into superhero comics. Mm. So I can't, I can't be too mad at people enjoying this. Yeah. And, you know, obviously if, if, if uh, Marvel really want more people familiar with the Inhumans, then it, of course it makes sense to have, have, make them be a massive part of their big event happening right now. Absolutely. Um, my biggest problem with this is that it's like, you know, one of Marvel's worst comics at the moment, but it's the one of the most beautiful covers. Yeah. I, I love thick covers. I bought a bunch of old Spider-Man comics, um, the Darwin Cook um, issues of Spider-Man's Tangled Web, and they come with this great thick cover mm. and like incredible, um, you know, thick paper as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, mi- I, miss, I miss the old Marvel style of printing. And this it is, is a, a nice, it is a nicely made comic book. Um, that said, it's you know four ninety nine US every issue, which is kind of taking the piss Ludicrous. for an event. Um, also taking a piss for the, for an event is the story. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, really. Uh, Mm-hmm. If you don't so want lazy, to, it's so, so lazy, it's just boring and just it's like just so stupid just and cramming stop. things into it, and and the the reveal at the end. I mean, quick spoiler alert: the reveal at the end is that Ulysses sees that the Hulk is going to kill everyone, and so Captain Marvel Nude goes Hulk, to stop. Most excitingly, goes to stop uh, David Banner. But, but it's stop, clearly stop using the Hulk. Stop using the Hulk as like a you know massive threat because you have already sent him into space yeah. to get rid of him. Like he needs to stop being this massive, massive threat. And it just seems like really lazy storytelling from Ben. I thought it was clear though from 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 his the hair on on the Hulk. Not so much in the, on the, the picture of him in this issue, but the uh, the cover of Civil War Two, the next issue. Oh, that's it's very not Amadeus David Banner. Cho. That's Amadeus Cho, right? <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. Who knows? Um, and he's wearing pants on the cover too. Oh, um, well, that's a shame. But I don't know there, there are a lot of really annoying moments in this book. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, of course, because of the Inhumans in it, you get Karnak as a character. Mm-hmm. Karnak is an amazingly well-written character in Warren Ellis's Karnak series. But in here, he's just like, you know, his ability is to see the floor in all things. And when he goes to attack Tony Stark, Tony goes, oh, you see the floor in all things, right? Well, I'll have to let you know that I have no flaws. It's like, fuck um, you. It's so annoying. You are the most flawed character in the Marvel Universe. Should have just thrown a martini you- in his face. Yeah. That's your, <laughs> your yeah, I find it I find it incredibly irritating that they've presented Iron Man. And I know I like I said this in a text message to someone and I was like, Well, I know he's called the invincible Iron Man, but he shouldn't be invincible. And it's very frustrating every time there is a character who is ostensibly like human and the human connection. It's that in. Batman, the Bat God yeah, thing yeah. That, that Grant Morrison did, but it, he did it on a more mythical level and Batman certainly wasn't the Bat God in in the big no. event, Final Crisis. You know, like that. He died. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, uh, um, yeah. Just the idea. Maybe that's, of, maybe that's the lead, they're leading up to Tony dying. That'd I fucking hope so. That's yeah. the only thing that's going to rescue this for me. Just uh, the the yeah. He the, he shouldn't be unbeatable. The biggest thing about it though is this book is called Civil War. No, there's no civil war going on. No, right this should be this, this event should be called loud disagreement. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no, there's no. I don't even feel like there's distinct sides yet. Like Tony, I feel like still hasn't even made up his mind what he thinks, and just the whole like, you know, they're having a conversation about this and having like ideas about it, um, and then to to just be like, and now we now we punch, and now you know, even though these are all my friends who I trust and all this stuff, to just immediately go for like we need to now fight and I need to steal this person and I need to take his mind from him and I need to do all this stuff. Like, yeah. it's just, it doesn't make any sense and it's so irritating. And it could have been so easily stopped by just him asking yeah. if he could do it. Like, yeah, like, there's all this stuff in it that you're like, if you could, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really unnecessary. Um, and how many issues is this? Civil? Is it going to, it's going to be like eight or ten, right? Probably. Like, yeah, like, and I'm already, I'm already, I'm already it, bored. It, I'm already done. It's just, chugging through it and throwing everything that Marvel have just like yeah we'll just do the Hulk for a bit and I bet you the Hulk will be will, will, won't, won't be a threat by the end of the next issue yeah. and there'll be another the, the cliffhanger will be like you know Magneto or, yeah. or someone like, or like you know, Thanos Galactus yeah. you know like yeah yeah I'm not um, yeah it's not, gonna, not enjoying this it's just gonna chug along yeah I, I, but there's no the best thing about Civil War the initial uh, event written by Mark Millar was that the Marvel Universe was divided. Yeah. And in this one, it's like the Marvel Universe it just kind of moves from one thing to the other. And Yeah. There's not, there's, there aren't two distinct sides yet. It's like Iron Man doing his own thing and then Captain Marvel doing her own thing and then occasionally people fight for unclear reasons. Yeah. Just bullshit. And also, Bendis writes the most annoying Tony Stark of all time. Like, I know I'm he's so supposed I'm not, to be arrogant. I'm, I'm so glad I'm not right reading his Iron Man. Oh, I know. I couldn't. I tried. Um... Just, I know, I know he's supposed to be arrogant, and I know he's supposed to be quippy, and all that kind of stuff. But it's just like it's at another like level in this. Like I don't like this bit where he's like, "Uh, Carol, just in time for Parcheesi." Like, yeah. Uh, that, shut and then, up, and then shut her up, response Tony is, Stark. "That line was Parcheesi." Yeah, that's the shittest. And he goes, also, and he goes, "I'm in mourning." Like. He called someone a fucking... Oh, no, actually, I, I, I meant to talk about it in, uh, when we were talking about the Dark Knight prequel. Mm. In a book where they say shit freely... They still said hat. I noticed that. Guys, we need to do something about hat in comics. <laughs> uh, maybe we should start using the hashtag ban hat in yeah. comics. And uh, hopefully that'll Not go viral. Not my hat. Not my hat. I love it. Not all hats. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, if you are enjoying this, please let us know yeah. what you're seeing good in it. We're, we're happy to be convinced that, that we're wrong on this. I um, don't hate the art, though. No, the art's fine. The art's That's good. So, um, serious issues, it's at... Uh, at kingscomics.com or you can hit us up at facebook.com slash serious issues podcast let's stop talking about Civil War 2 for a bit oh, talk about something that makes you very happy yay Jughead number 7 written by Chip oh I felt like my heart lift as I put Civil War down and picked up Jughead <laughs> um, art on this one is not by the usual uh, what's her name again Veronica Fish no, no. Veronica Fish is Archie uh, Naomi no Henderson someone oh Erica Henderson Erica Henderson uh, this, this is by Derek Charm Derek Charm who I've not heard of before but and, does a great job, I think. Yeah, I, I, I thought this is a really, really fun, um, and they didn't really do the kind of like Jughead going into his imagination trope, which mm. I've kind of gotten a bit bored of. So I was, it was fun to see a more rollicking kind of adventure comic that teamed Jughead up with his best mate My Archie, best buddy. and uh, they go on, they go up to the woods and crash a Reggie Mantle family reunion. Uh, by accident. By accident. I felt this this had the pace of a Simpsons episode. Yeah. Or a Simpsons comic to me. Which is, is I know, um, you know, if, if I said that 20 years ago, that would be like the, the best compliment anything could ever <laughs> receive. But it's, it seems like a weird thing to say these days. But I, I did mean it as a compliment. There are so many, I mean, like probably this wasn't the strongest um, issue of Jughead so far, but there's so many, there's so many funny gags and I really liked, like I like, um, you know, because it's, it's, summer vacation and Jughead just wants to stay inside playing video games but his dad's like get outside and do things um so he calls Kevin and Kevin is like stuck on some hilarious army um adventure in the woods with his dad dad. which I found really really funny (laughs) forced to eat squirrels (laughs) that was great um and I liked I liked Jughead putting on all of these stickers of um open sores sores, which mentions his um uncle Herman who I, I wish I wish um I wish Chip Zdarsky was writing Jughead for longer because he clearly finds the character of Uncle Herman oh. really funny and has not gotten a chance to do anything with him yet. How long has he has it been announced? Has he got an end point? Have we already talked about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Ryan North is taking over. I think. Oh, right. Crazy. I think from issue nine. Damn. Mm. This is, this is, so the next one might be the the, the final issue. Damn. Yeah. Um, and there's so like I mean because this there's so many classic Archie things in this that I love like Archie being the um, lifeguard at the pool but it's such a funny. Like, the girls don't want to be saved by him. And he keeps being like, are you okay? It's my job to give you mouth-to-mouth if I have to. And that kind of stuff, which I found really, really funny. And there's there's a genuine argument in this book, too. Which yeah. I, is, that a, is, that, is that something that regularly happens in Archie comics? No. Yeah. So, it, it was... It, you actually, you know, you, you see where Jughead is... Why he's angry and you see why Archie's angry and... Yeah, it was it was good. It was there was a, a really nice, you know, it, it wasn't played for for laughs at all. It was no. serious drama. Absolutely. And I think that um I love I love what they've done with the character of Archie in that like cuz in the in the comics it was always like a little bit he was being chased by loads and loads of women and everyone was like this doesn't make any sense. It's ginger weirdo. But I like <laughs> this as him kind of being just some ridiculous girl obsessed like he cannot like yeah. even when he's gonna spend time with his bestest pal Jughead he still has to somehow change it so that he can get to some ladies and I thought yeah just very funny um finally in this book um at the end of every Jughead and Archie comic they usually tag in a few older strips from Mm -hmm. um the huge library of old Archie comics and this was my favorite collection of old comics yet this was uh yeah a collection of one page uh Dipsy Doodles which is a series of uh little strips in which Jughead uh, paints 
paints something and then it comes to life or he's able to interact with the painting. You know, it's just essentially like a bunch of sight gags, but they're genuinely amusing. And yeah, uh, really great. I kind of wish... I would read an entire book of, of Chip Zdarsky doing strips of Jughead like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would be cool. Um, it would be cool if they started putting a couple of little because I mean, some of my favorite things from the classic Archie comics are these sort of one-page gags yep. and pinups as well. Mm-hmm. I'd be very. I really hope that the Betty and Veronica series has some pinups in it because that's like my favorite. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Dipsy Doodles are really, really funny. I really like that. Awesome, cool. Jughead continues to be great. Archie comes out next week. Woo. Good time to be an Archie fan. It really is. Mockingbird number three by Chelsea Kane and art by Kate Niemczyk. Uh, Niemczyk. Uh, this is a one-shot featuring Mockingbird um, dealing with a young girl who's just started getting superpowers that allow her to put people into bubbles and create, create basically suck the color out of things mm-hmm. and, and, and turn the color into physical uh things that she can control with her, her mind, I guess. Mm. It's a very, very different kind of power we haven't seen manifested before. But in the lead up to this, you see kind of the how that Mockingbird's always been driven to be a superhero, so much so that when she was a kid, she, you know, tried to get radiation exposure. She tried to get bitten by a spider. Mm. <laughs> she tried to find a magical amulet. Um, everything that she could possibly do to get superpowers, she tried. And in, in, in the in, end, she realized that she was a superhero all along. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of cool. Then it kind of speaks about how, like, you know, you you try to be... She tried to be a hero, but it turns out, you know, mostly people only wanted men as a superhero. Yeah. So she had to prove herself even more so. Absolutely. Um, and I like, you know, that, that underlying tone of, you know, how even in the Marvel Universe, it's kind of shit to be a female superhero mm. is, is what makes this book so great absolutely it feels very like i think this is a much better example of what they're trying to do with the character of faith where she's a very like this is a very almost real seeming character um she's very relatable she's very understandable and all of you know she is like this she's a nerd she's a geek she's a superhero fangirl but it's it doesn't ring as yeah twee or as false totally i would would even compare this to um warren ellis's um moon knight run from last year where you see moon knight enter a pretty Mm -hmm. shitty situation and not necessarily save the day but come to a conclusion by the end yeah absolutely Uh, yeah, because I mean, you you could argue that Mockingbird doesn't really save the day here. Like she uh, she doesn't prevent p- people from being killed, and um, the 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 girl that she's trying to save doesn't really get saved. Yeah. Um, from herself, but um, but it it concludes. Yeah, it, it concludes. Has a, it has a conclusion, and it's the best. She makes the best of the situation, and I think it's um, it's such a fun book. Yeah. I love it. I hope. I hope it. Um, it's not going to. I don't think it's tying into Civil War. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm so on board anything that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, so I hope I hope it. I just um, noticed that the uh, the girls that she saves at the end are all wearing yeah, they're all <laughs> female superhero t shirts. So one's Ms. Marvel, Thor, Captain Marvel, and Spider Woman, and they're all going, "Who's she? Who's she? Who she is?" <laughs> I like that. I think that's very funny. Um, and there's a lot of funny like little little sight gags, like at the. You know, the final panel is supposed to be a TV screen. It says at the bottom, like the rolling news kind of thing says, nation stops being sexist, starts talking about tampons. It's about time, says Mockingbird. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a, it's, a very, um, it's a very satisfying book to read as a female comic book fan, I have to say. No, it's satisfying for me to read too. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just taking that victory from you as well. Yeah. I'm a man, that's what we do. <laughs> this is your world, I guess. <laughs> Let's talk to an impo- a book about an important comic book with the word man in the title. <laughs> Astonishing Ant-Man number nine, written by uh, Nick Spencer with uh, Ramon R- Rosanis on, um, on art. 
Mm. Um, this is an ongoing uh, kind of Ant-Man in the tech world dealing with uh, supervillains who have a, um, an app for hiring supervillains called Hench mm. um, and another one called Lackey, uh, kind of infiltrating a different, different supervillain empires to save his daughter. Um, and this is kind of a, a heist comic. Um, and it's like Nick Spencer comics can be quite hard to follow sometimes because yeah. it's just kind of belt dialogue at you. Mm. Um, but in the middle of this comic is like one of the, probably the best thing I've seen yeah, in this, in really this run, which is a, uh, um, how to do an award winning heist in 22 easy steps by a, um, super villain called machine Smith. And then it kind of runs through, you know, that hilarious trope of a heist movie where, you know, that they say what's going to happen first, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. Yeah, and then you yeah, see yeah. them doing it perfectly. Everything goes to plan, etc. Yeah. It has this and, you know, it's, it's kind of, there's, uh, you know, moments like step 14 is Smith admits to himself that he could have thought some of these steps through <laughs> a, bit, a bit better. And like, it's very funny. It's very meta. Yeah. Um, but you know, when, when Nick Spencer's on his A game, it's a it's an extremely fun comic that you haven't seen before. Yeah. But then there are other parts of this comic that I just did not I was like very, very confused much. Confused by. Yeah, I didn't I don't understand what happened in the ending. Yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the beginning or the end, and I realized I think this this comic sort of um, helped me understand something. Like I I do like Nick Spencer. I think he's an incredibly talented writer, and I think that he's done some really brilliant things at at Marvel and at Image over the last couple of years. But I just don't think he can write women especially well and I, I it really it really was hit home for me like all of his female characters always slightly play into some kind of negative stereotype about women like that they're that they're jealous or that they're competitive with each other over men or that totally. they're you know and there's this um yeah, like, but that said also to all of his stereotypes or all of his men male here i well, mean not so much the heroes but i mean I'm, what i'm thinking of like his my favorite books by him all of the men are kind of negative stereotypes yeah and i well, definitely but, but i mean i i feel like they're less i don't know i don't know what it is there's just something about his female characters that also don't ring true to me and i thought the 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 bit where you know the only two, the only two female characters in the book, and he doesn't do female representation especially well. I would argue, no. um, you know, they meet each other and they immediately go like, "Oh, well, who's this?" and get all huffy and like pissed off at each other because obviously two women in a room are immediately in direct competition with each other. Well, I mean, he has slept with both of them. Well, I don't care. <laughs> um, like right. th- that's another like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> yeah. That doesn't. That just proves your point. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I just I found it not. Yeah, and I think I think that was a big sort of like. That's maybe why I can't totally give myself over to being an expensive fan because I haven't, I have yet to see him write a female character that I really, really enjoyed. No, cool. I, I can't think of one to give you either. So, no. yeah. There you go. Oh, um, well. Ant Man. I have no idea what's going on at the end of this book, but that middle, that middle bit was great. Yeah, there was a good, there was a good couple of pages in there. Um, cool. I got a bunch of image comics that came back this week that that uh, Siobhan did not read, so I'll try and fly through them. Mm. Um, Lazarus number twenty two. This is the return of Lazarus, written by Greg Rucker with art by Michael Lark. A uh, dystopian future where um, uh, the all all the world is divided up um, into like mob style um, areas run by different families. And um, all those families have a Lazarus, which is a uh, so, like a re- regenerating um, soldier who uh, who can you know do all their fighting for them, and is like a, it's a fierce leader and has been trained to, to to be the best she is at what she does. I think that's copyright Lazarus, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's this this book has been you know it's one of those ones that 
I compare it to Velvet by Ed Brubaker where you're like, mm. it's kind of worth saving up a few of them or, or waiting for a trade because you do get lost waiting for this to happen, come out once a month or you know, there's often a lot of gaps as well. And you're like, oh, what happened? Who's that again? Yeah, and I did, um, I did fall off that book at about issue five or six because... I couldn't really follow what was going on month to month. Yeah, this is a really exciting end of this issue, though. Um, uh, Forever, the Lazarus, the main character of this mm-hmm. book, um, is uh, is down at the moment. And uh, it's been revealed that there is a 11-year-old version of her Ooh. in play as well that's, been, that's in, in training. Um, and uh, there's another Lazarus from another family who uh, who's been brought into the, into play as well um, on, on the same same family as as, as forever. It's confusing. To, mm. It's very convoluted to explain. It's a pretty hard book to follow at sometimes, but it is a very rewarding read, provided you know what's going on at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, and, and I'm I'm very confused about you know where Black Magic is at the moment because we've only got four issues of that so far, right? Three. Uh, Three no, there's been. I think I feel like there's been five. Five issues because okay. the trade's out. Trade's out, um, and that had at least five or six issues All in right, it. Sweet. We've got there's a new issue coming very soon. Though. Okay, cool. I'm just yeah, I'm I'm, I'm concerned where what's happening with Lazarus, Black Magic, and then the One Woman stuff that Greg Rock is doing too. I wonder if he's going to be able to balance it all. Yeah, he's got a lot on his plate. Um, Descender by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen, which is another book that I know you started but fell off. Yeah, I really, I really wanted to love this book so, so much because it seems really like did those first, a real take on um first eight issues or so. I I really enjoyed the first couple of issues and then I just I, I think maybe it's one that I'll have to read um, in trade because I just didn't I wasn't really following it I felt a little bit uh, like it wasn't as plot driven as I wanted it to be it didn't move as quickly as sure. I wanted it to be which is a silly um, complaint about anything definitely no I definitely introduced a lot of characters yeah. instead of moving the plot forward in a few issues so yeah that. Um, but I love the sort of take on the kind of Astro Boy. Yeah, so this is a character. Like, Descender is about AI, about um, companion rat robots that are assigned to people in the future. Um, in particular, the Tim model, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, a companion, a young boy assigned to um, you know help out the elderly or to um, give parents who can't bear children um, a, a child. Um, but the uh, technology that was used to create this very lifelike Tim robot has been linked to a um, enormous robot threat that desolated a lot of Earth um, years after the Tim Tim bot was created. So um, robots have been outlawed in this world, and this follows the ori- the, li- the 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 life of the uh, original Tim bot, who's been kind of found by various groups uh, trying to escape, different people trying to kill him. Um, and in this one, he's kind of he's on a, on a planet of robots now who want to leave like a you know a robot up- uprising, and they want to use this original Tim as like you know the main their mind driving driving force. Um, but there's another Tim bot mm. on board with them, and uh, he he uh, he is evil. Um, he was raised Ooh. very differently to the, the, the our hero, and in this one, you kind of it's um, for the most part of this comic, you see how differently his upbringing was and what led him to be the way he is now. Oh, and I found that really satisfying and a nice change of pace from the uh, from the regular regular series. Um, and it, it then then it sets up what what's about to happen next. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm back back on board with this book again. I'll probably really, pick really that good. up and have a look. Um, and it has like I mean, Dustin Yuan is one of my favorite. Artists, I still miss him in the Bat books. You know, I think I that love, he was such yeah. an awesome. Those Danny books written uh, by Dustin. With, uh, Dustin I loved them. No matter how silly yeah. they got, I was still into it. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely worth reading, and that has already been um, picked up to be made into a film. So oh, yeah, <laughs> again, I just keep making comics, I'm making movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, Low by Rick Remender. 
um, and Greg Ticini on art. Um, I've said many times before that this is my favorite book that Greg, that uh, sorry, Rick Remender is writing at the moment. Um, even though when it started, it was my least favorite of his books, and uh, this issue definitely continues that. He has a fantastic balance of like you know, I mean, everything always turns to shit in a Rick Remender book. That's just what mm. he does. It's true, but he balances different layers of, of hope and redemption in this book a lot more successfully than he does in other books, especially Deadly Class, which mm. we, you know, we didn't love that last issue that came out. Mm. Um, I would, I would really recommend this to, to, to anyone looking for a new, a new image comic to pick up. Um, Cause I think it's really, really picked up steam and uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, another, you know, horrible future comic mm. uh, where uh, earth is largely in- inhabitable, but lots of people live in the oceans beneath and, um, Lots of different, you know, technology has advanced so much, but um, in doing that, you know, all of our natural resources have, have gone gone horribly wrong, and there's no breathable air, etc. Right. Um, okay. Seems. This is like a. It's a little realistic. bit of like a like a travel a travel book, um, and there's two different teams, each going their own different way, each facing their own threats. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, I, I think the current arc at the moment is very exciting, and uh, and, a, and a and a blast to read. So yeah, mm. that's low. And finally, uh, just the you know token. Uh, appreciation moment for a new Robert Kirkman comic. Um, I, I caught up on Invincible uh, a month or two ago, mm-hmm. and so 100 and issue 129 came back. And this has just become now, like, even though, you know, we got a brand new Batman book and we got, you know, the latest Civil War and we got mm-hmm. all these big event comics and new things starting, this is always the first comic that I read in my stack. He's kind of like Walking Dead and Invincible. I just, just, I just don't understand how you stay this compelling mm. the same creative team pretty much i mean obviously there's a different right there's a different artist on this arc at the moment but you know robert kirkman just keeps things so compelling and he's 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 just the master of that final page yeah what the fuck moment yeah um and this one and, and they're not always like you know and now i'm gonna kill you this is like a very different personal like blood-free reveal Ooh, that cool. i did not see coming and um yeah, I, I wish I could. I wish I could talk about it, but part of me wishes that you would read 129 yeah, issues of this. I really I just, want to. It looks like it looks like great superhero comics. It's the best. Mm. Yeah, and like they deal with a lot of they, they they'll they'll do something that 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 Marvel will do and kind of spend an issue on, and then everything will be resolved by the end of the issue. Yeah. But Invincible just keeps the the effects of that rippling through. Well, I guess and I guess that's issue. the beauty of him yeah. having complete control over this universe Definitely. and having complete, you know, having been the only person to write it. He can that's that's his playground and he can do whatever he wants to it and he can make sure that those, you know, yeah. the impacts stay impactful and doesn't get rewritten. So that's something like I mean that's very impressive and that's means it's worth reading. Yeah. I mean, and and look if if you were ever in in the opportunity to buy a whole bunch of trades or if if uh I mean, the whole reason I got into Invincible to begin with was like when they were at, you know, 80 issues in or whatever, Comixology did a mm. sale and put all the issues on on sale for a buck. Mm. And so I bought all of them and just like sped through that. I had the best night of my life. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, this is actually a fun one to read month to month too. Um, I just, yeah, again, I can't, I can't praise Invincible enough. And it's got me thinking like I'm really enjoying Walking Dead again and Invincible again. I gave up on Outcast. Um, eight issues in I just got well. quite boring got quite bored of that so if, if anyone's still reading Outcast please let us know if we should keep reading if I should if I should you know yeah, add, add yet another comic and yeah, uh, pick it up yeah I don't know I, I, I feel bad that that's like the one thing he's written that I you know I've even liked Thief of Thieves and stuff like that but this yeah, is I didn't really like Thief of Thieves 
Um, but yeah, uh, anyway, Invincible, the best. Mm. Well, <sighs> the one that I read that you luckily did not. Oh boy! Uh, like I, I mean, this I is, came very close <laughs> to reading it. And I'm super glad I didn't. This is, this is going to be the last. This will be the last issue of Kubi Apocalypse that I ever have the misfortune to read. Um, you know what stopped me from reading this? The Shaggy is wearing a T-shirt that says "100% Dad Bod." I mean, what? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand where the pop culture references are coming from in this book. It's so bizarre. Jim Lee, you run a company that's aimed at young people, but you don't understand how they work. You just the fuck don't. is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is just more of the same. You know what? I. I I really found I find odd about this is because surely the the fun of Scooby Doo is that the whole way through you think it's a ghost or you think it's a bat you think it's a monster but then actually it's just a guy in a suit yeah and in this it's just straight up monsters w- they would have got away with it if it weren't for those damn meddling millennial assholes yeah yeah like these really unappealing characters like Daphne is awful like yeah. really awful and not a pleasant character to read right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah terrible the whole thing is yeah yep no one needs to hear me rant about how terrible. Um, Scooby Apocalypse is But we, we have got listeners that enjoy it. And that's I know, totally cool. I know. I'm sorry I'm for the hating as to this why so you much. enjoy it, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and they, uh, the one listener said that um, it's a it's a fun series to to, to you know read with their kid. Mm. The last thing I would do in the world is show my son this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not for me. Um, I, I just I just got a bunch of Scooby Doo Lego sets. That's what I'm going to do with my son. Yeah, cool. Or the I mean the 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 Scooby Doo comics book quite good and that um animated series scooby-doo where are you is like actually amazing oh sweet yeah really really good um another one that i read this week which i know you didn't was um clean room issue nine which is gail simone's just total return to form like i've i've wanted to love a gail simone book for a long time again six since secret six and this just um it's not quite as good as Secret Six, but few that. things ever will be. Um, but this is still very, very good. And the art by John Davis Hunt is extremely good, extremely good for this story. Um, I'm constantly, I, I, I don't know where this is going ever. Like you think it starts off as a straight up like book about cults and it's very Scientology-esque and you're like, oh, that's really cool and interesting. Mm. And then you think it's about monsters and then the monsters might be aliens or the monsters might be angels and devils. Like you're not quite sure where it's going. And I'm constantly... I mean, Gail Simone is another very ruthless writer who is not afraid to kill people off in dramatic ways and is not afraid to have these impacts be really felt. And I think that she's built up a really compelling universe, really compelling characters. Um, it's just a great series, and I think I think more people should be reading it. I think everyone should. Is, be reading is a trade it. of this one out? Yeah, the first trade is out. So I'm you guys, get that now. You should definitely you should definitely give it a look. Um, finally, um, I read the second issue of a book that we reviewed a couple weeks ago, which I missed. Um, Space Battle Lunchtime. Number There's only two. one copy on the shelf, and I, I very selflessly gave oh, it to you. Gotcha. Good. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll lend it back to you now, if you like. Um, this is a, uh, a book about an uh, intergalactic um, cooking competition, mm-hmm. a la Iron Chef, featuring a bunch of crazy aliens and uh, a humble baker from Earth. Uh, it's just a joy to read, beautiful colors um, and fun art, and the story just, just chugs along really nicely. It's a really nice quick read, which when you're reading 30 comics is, is, is a blessing. Yeah. Um, so I would put it in the same same high um, you know that, that same high praise that I give Hellcat at the moment. Mm-hmm. I know you were a bit cold in this series, but oh, this look- is like my, one of my favorite things to read now because it's just so like low stake and sweet. Um, yeah. I mean, a- I definitely like I love Brittany Williams. I think that she's amazing. She's such a super talent. Um in comics at the moment 
the, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. I, find, I think I find Patsy not that appealing as a character. I think that's what it is because I like so much else that's going on in this book. But I just find her being so... Useless. Well, just so sweet or so... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just don't... I just don't fancy her. Um, but there's a lot to really enjoy about this series. Except, guess what the next issue ties into? Because Boo. of course it does. She's She-Hulk's best friend and She-Hulk might be dead. So Civil War 2 is going to fuck up this fine comic. I know. And especially because we got to see like... Oh, man, I just wish Charles Sewell had gotten to write that She-Hulk series for longer because there was so much that he was setting up there with her weird assistant yeah. and that kind of stuff, which would have been so fun to see the outcome of. And we get a little, you know, a couple of panels of She-Hulk and her assistant working, um, you know, as lawyers. And I want Brittany Williams to write that, to draw that series, <laughs> draw, please. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, love a, I love a fun book that kind of... Uh, it's just a breeze to read after reading all the kind of very heavy-handed, like ex- exposition-heavy first issues that we read each week. Mm. Um, I know it sounds pathetic, me complaining about reading comics, but <laughs> you, know, you complain about everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, although um, I, I will say that the uh, the Year of Marvels compilation book that came out this week um, didn't didn't tickle my fancy like the first one did. No, I mean I thought that the the first story I thought was quite weak. Although I did love the idea of a guy whose name was Gene, yeah. <laughs> G-E-N-E, Grey, um, uh, being haunted by the idea that he had the phoenix with him and it just caused him to be a fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it didn't really do much beyond that. That I, that was enjoyable. Um, um, but I thought I thought this, the second story, which was a team up between all new Wolverine and She-Hulk, was quite good fun. Yeah, I love the art on it, but I did not like that um, She-Hulk kept calling Wolverine kid. I just don't think that's a very She-Hulk thing to do. I kind of feel like it is. I feel okay. like she's a bit of an overbearing older sister. I can see her <laughs> as that. Um, but I liked, I thought that the, I don't know if that, that's a character that's already been developed, but it was a very, um, the villain was very sort of Kirby-esque in a way that I really enjoyed. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was quite good fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you want a fun little anthology series, definitely pick up Year of Marvels or read it digitally mm. where it comes out once a month. Mm. It looks like we're getting the next, the next one's going to have a uh, back to school issue oh, with um, Iron Man and Nova. Boo. And uh, <laughs> I just I just don't want any Iron Man coming. But then now. we're gonna get a Fourth of July Independence Day with Bucky ah, Barnes. That's way more fun. So that might be fun. Cool. I love America. <laughs> um, cool. Is that all the comics we're gonna talk about this week? Uh yeah. Like I mean, there's a couple more, but we can. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get, didn't get a chance to read Star Wars number twenty by um, Jason Aaron and um, what's his name Peter Mayhew. No, quite good fun. Definitely not Peter Mayhew. Quite a fun. Um, Someone else Mayhew. That was just quite a fun like little time. Ty- uh, little Mike Mayhew. Filler filler <laughs> issue with um, Obi Wan Kenobi, Kenobi. Which yeah. was really good fun. Uh, I, I, I love reading those issues, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. And a very scary Wookiee. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, there's a few I didn't get around to this week. But we Both will. Inhumans titles were quite good. Spider-Gwen also. Spider-Gwen was, um, I don't think it was the strongest issue of this series by any means. It was kind of dealing with the fallout of the Spider-Women story mm-hmm. um, arc, and it was just a little bit meh, a little bit, meh, little bit confusing. Um, also, two, two very exciting um uh, graphic novels came out last week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, the aforementioned Dark Knight, a true Batman story by Paul Dini and Eduardo Risso, and a, uh, a book through Dark Horse called How to Talk to Girls at Parties by Neil Gaiman with uh, art by Fabio Moon and Gabrielle Barr, um, all three of which I'm big fans of. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get around to reading all of them, but we're going to read them this week. I know mm-hmm. you've already read one of them, uh, but we're going to review them on next week's show because next week's show is slightly smaller. Woo! We got some emails, to, one email that we're going to read through now. Yeah, um, but before absolutely. we do that, why don't we talk about what books are coming out next week that you should pick up? 
because there's there's a few there's a few good ones. So we've got uh, the number ones of uh, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and Aquaman from DC. I'm also very excited about She-Wolf issue one from Rich Tommaso. I think that um, the series that he was doing prior to that at Image was really interesting and I'm excited to see where he goes with this. What was the prior one? I can't think of what it was called. It was like a sort of, um, it was like a crime book. Okay. I can't think of what it was, but his art's really cool. Yes, yeah, wait. And he, he's, he's written and drawn this comic. It looks really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get the uh, first issue of the Force Awakens adaptation comic. I don't know <laughs> oh, if that's going to be good or not. Um, and uh, the uh, ongoing issues of detective and action comics um a third issue of department of h or depth which are really enjoying over at dark horse um, archie archie issue nine that's and, very exciting and the second issue of uh, a comic that really surprises a lot from marvel uh, Nighthawk number two so yeah excited some for good, that one some good things next week Definitely. um and so we got an email from callum hello callum um he said hello can you please suggest any good comics for my five-year-old niece i'm struggling to find preteen books that are funny and cool if it helps her current obsessions are studio ghibli harry potter and the hilda comics by luke pearson so she already has incredible taste Hilda's very very good um i mean i think that my my first my go-to recommendation would be goldie vance because it's just the best it's the best all ages comic in a really long time so perfect so well written hope larson i'm I'm more and more in love with her every day. And another great Hope Larson comic, which I would really recommend for a girl, maybe maybe a little bit too young for this book, but I read it as a, uh, probably when I was about eight or nine and really loved it, um, was... Oh, man, what's it called? Sorry. Golly, Golly Vance would be a great one too because, uh, you know, it's one thing to give, give a kid a book, like a graphic novel, but to actually every month be able to give a, a five-year-old a single issue... And th- for them to follow the story along with you. I mean, like, you know, a part of the joy is reading that comic with them. Absolutely. I, think, I think that would be so much fun. Absolutely. Oh, man, I can't find it. What's it called? Um, so, Hope Larson did an adaptation of a really classic um, children's fantasy novel, which I've now forgotten the name of, and my internet isn't working, so I can't find it. We'll, but- we'll post it on our Facebook wall, which is facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Um, when I was a kid, my first ever introduction to comics were Disney comics. Mm. Um, I was a massive fan of uh, the Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge, especially I love especially Uncle Scrooge. Uncle Scrooge. Um, and uh, unfortunately, there's not a great way to read the the '90s Donald Duck comics. I'm sure there is. I've never actually tried to look for it, but um, you can do no wrong with uh, buying those amazing Fanographics collections of the Carl Barks. Um, Absolutely, Donald Duck and uh, and Scro- Uncle Scrooge comics, and one of my favorite Uncle Scrooge comics, which they reprinted a couple of years ago, which was um, by Don Rosa, who's also like a classic, um, big time Disney artist, was um, the Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, which is basically the Scrooge McDuck Year One origin story, yeah, and it's how he gets his you know his lucky dime, and it's how he amasses his fortune, and it's incredibly good fun. I yeah. really highly recommend that. I um, also really enjoy the Owly comics. Really, mm-hmm. really cute, really sweet comics for for a kid with very little words. It's all about following the pictures. For good things about that, the Corgi. What's a Corgi? Oh, I don't know. It's like a really beautiful looking comic about a Corgi. There's also some. There's a couple of really great manga series which are um, aimed at young girls. Probably the best one would be Cheese Sweet Home, mm-hmm. which is a very, very, very sweet, but not saccharine, terrible sweet, lovely book um, about a kitten and the her owners who are a single father and his daughter um and that's a very very sweet thing or am i confusing it with yotsuba no I'm no not, cheese sweet home noir. sorry yotsuba is about a young girl that's also a good one cheese sweet home different but still good very good are there any good superhero comics that spring spring to mind 
I really I loved mean, the um, Batman Brave and Bold series that came out a few years ago. I think that my personal, I think probably the best um, all-ages superhero comic, especially for someone of that age, is Tiny Titans, which was a series by Art Balthazar and what's his name? The Franco. other one from All Year. Yeah, yeah. so the All Year Comics team. Um, really, really funny, really cute, a hilarious introduction into the um, DC universe, which, I mean, I read it and loved it all because it's set in a school where, you know, Deathstroke is the headmaster and um, it's Lunch Lady Darkseid and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And it's really funny. Um, and that's, yeah, I'd really recommend and that. The, yeah, the colours and the artwork are really, really fun and, mm. and simple. And yeah, that's, that's a pretty easy one to find in trade. To yeah, yeah. Tiny Titans. They also so those that that, that team have done um, like a itty bitty Hellboy series mm-hmm. as well, which is a similar kind of concept, but with the Hellboy universe, which mm-hmm. is also really fun and colourful. Um, we'll keep you posted, man. Um, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of good uh, all ages comics that will that we're, we're both big fans of all ages stuff. Yeah, again, Archie is an, is another, Archie is another is great, great franchise to look at. But um, yeah. We'll keep you posted. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of good strip comics as well that are great for young girls. Definitely. Tintin. Yeah. I mean, Just you can't avo- go wrong avoid with those early racist ones and you'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. The rest are fine. I'm only <laughs> a little bit racist. Um, cool. You've been listening to Serious Issues with Lev Dog and Siobhan Dog. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week. Uh, you can find us online, facebook.com slash serious issues podcast, or hit up with an email, ask us a question, and we will answer it for you. Serious Issues at kingscomics.com. I realize that we have gone from you know, a one hour episode to a, you know, encroaching rapidly on a two mm. hour time frame. Does that bother you? My wife is like, Hey, that's way too long. And I'm like, you don't even read comics. Go <laughs> back into your room. <laughs> you keep her in a separate room. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. Without all the, all, every other room has comics. In <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like, no, it's her the opposite. Side of the bed one is room just has comics in, comics in it. And I, and I stand in the dark there and read my <laughs> comics. And then my life exists outside of the box. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, if, if if you would rather a, a more petite serious mm. issues, we can we can work on being 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 quicker. Or if you would rather us just talk just at talk length forever. When, when when I see a podcast that I subscribe to do a really long episode, I'm like yes. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, I'm weird. Yeah. Um, so you can find Siobhan online, Siobhan CBG on Instagram, and I'm at, at Levdog L E V D A W G. We'll see you next week. Oh, another. one thing I wanted to say really quickly. No, Sorry, is um. <laughs> Um, we're putting together the next Queens of Kings meetup by almost unanimous um, vote. It has been decided that we will be discussing the first volume of Kelly Sue DeConnick's Bitch Planet. So I'm very looking forward um, to reading that with a bunch of cool, geeky ladies. So I never um, read the first issue of that. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. Just good Grindhouse comics. Kelly Sue, this is the first thing that I've really loved that she's done. Great. Um, so yeah, you can check us out at Queens of Kings on Facebook. Easy. We'll see you next week for another episode of Serious Issues. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.